Tonight, what I want to do is not really preaching at you, but just sharing from the Word some of the things that that uh, I, I'm, God is showing me from His Word. And uh, maybe that will, you know, uh, gear you to study the Scriptures yourself and uh, find out things for yourself. Last Sunday, I talked about forgiveness. And uh, that was the message, the power of forgiveness. Tonight, I want to talk about restoration and divine restoration. Divine restoration. Um, How God can restore anytime, anybody, and really minister to your life. And I'm going to go through this dealing with the life story of Peter and help us understand some of the things that Peter was going through and how the Lord restored Peter back to where he was and the difficulties perhaps that Peter was going through with everything that happened to him. Many times, I don't know about you, but there are times where I feel like I've really failed the Lord. I mean, it's been there. You feel that way and it's hard to go and talk to him because you feel like you failed. And uh, for whatever reason, and you really want to have that peace that you had in your life before whatever happened to you. And so it's always crucial that we get back into fellowship. There's nothing greater or more painful than going out of fellowship or because of something that's happened, you feel like, I'm out of fellowship. There is really no peace. (laughs) And you want to have peace. And have that restored fellowship with God because you are a child. You are God's child. And it's always very painful. And I believe that that's the way God uses to keep us in the straight and narrow. That feeling. So that he can help us. So tonight I want to talk about um, divine restoration. And also maybe to help us. You know, when you're dealing with people, how to bring them in and bring restoration so that while you are trying to help them, maybe they are not saved. While you are trying to help them, you don't push them away. You're meant to do well. You're meant to restore, but it's misunderstood. And it causes more pain. And there is no restoration. That's what I saw, and I want to share that with you tonight. Amen? If you go into the Scriptures, John chapter 21, verse 1 through 3, It says, after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. This is uh, the Sea of Galilee and uh, miles away from Jerusalem. And uh, so he showed them himself. This was after Jesus was raised from the dead. I don't know if you thought about it, but they were in Galilee. They were not in Jerusalem. This time, what we're reading, they were in Galilee. And this was after Jesus rose from the dead. It says, after these things, Jesus showed himself again. This is the third time he's showing himself to them. To the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And in, the way, and in this way, he showed himself. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twins, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, that's John and James, and two others of his disciples were together. So these disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. 
They said to him, We are going with you also. They went out and immediately got into the boat. And that night, they caught nothing. They caught nothing. There were seven of them. Seven of them that went out fishing. The names of every one of them is mentioned here. Uh, Peter is mentioned. Thomas is mentioned next to Peter. And then Nathaniel, that's possibly Bartholomew. And then uh, the sons of Zebedee, that's James and John. And then you have uh, two others that are not mentioned. Obviously, the other two will be Philip and Andrew. Peter is Andrew's brother. They go together. They were always there. They were not mentioned. And if you read through the scriptures, you'll see occasionally Jesus is actually dealing with these two, Philip and Andrew. Ministers actually have what they call the school of Andrew and the school of, school of Philip. These two individuals are very different. <laughs> they see things very differently. But their names were not mentioned, but they were there with them, with seven of them. And so they went out fishing this particular night, and they caught nothing. Notice the Bible puts Thomas next to Peter. Now, if you read, and I need, to, I need us to go back there, in uh, John chapter 20, please. John chapter 20, from verse 19, it says, Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled, for the fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. And a lot transpired this particular day, he actually breathed on them and told them, receive the Holy Spirit. But there was one individual that was not there in that meeting. The ten of them were there except one. That was Thomas. Thomas was out of the place. He wasn't there at all. And now the disciples told him that they had seen Jesus. And you know the story. Thomas said, unless I see him with my own eyes and I put my finger in there, and can get the actual proof, I'm not going to believe you. Now, it's so important that they were together on the first day of the week, the day Jesus rose from the dead. And I believe they were together just talking about what had happened. What Jesus, was Jesus raised, the, disciples, the women had told them what Jesus said. And the, Jesus actually told them, told the women, tell them, I'll meet them in, in Galilee. They were in Jerusalem. Tell them. They go before me. I'll see them there in Galilee. But then he showed himself to them. No second hand. He made them to see him in person in the evening. But this was Sunday. And they were together. I believe they were talking about him. And what had happened. And Jesus appeared. You know what that tells us? Where two or three are gathered together in my name. I'm there. In the midst of them. So every time you get together to talk about Jesus, whether it's prayer meeting or Bible study or just talking about him, he's sitting right there, revealing himself to them. 
And he ministered to them because they were having a meeting. And Thomas wasn't there. Thomas didn't like what happened, but he didn't partake in the meeting. That's why if you don't come to church, sometimes you miss a lot. <laughs> I like to put that in. <laughs> if you don't go to Bible study, you miss a lot. We have Sunday, uh, Sunday Bible study here. You miss a lot because Jesus is right there. They are gathered together in his name, and they are speaking about him. He's sitting right there, and he's ministering to them, breathing life into the people, hearing his word. So this is important on a Sunday. And, you know, Thomas protested. They were at this point, in the scripture we just read, they were at this point in Jerusalem. That was right after the resurrection. It was the evening, possibly, after the resurrection when Jesus showed himself to them. But they were there together. And, you know, Jesus waited for another eight days. He said on the eighth day. And that will be the next Sunday. And that's why the disciples got it. From then on, disciples always met on Sunday. That was important. They were gathered again together. The doors were shut. And they were talking about the things that had happened. And this time, Thomas was with them. And so if you read in verse 26, Jesus came in there and was with them. You can go from verse 24 where uh, Thomas didn't see Jesus. But from 26, it says that, And after eight days, his disciples were again inside. So eight days, after eight days, so it was Sunday. Now you got the eight days, the same day, and Jesus was with them. And uh, Thomas was with them, and Jesus appeared and ministered to Thomas, kind of rebuking him. But I believe after this time, they left uh, Jerusalem, and they went to Galilee. And that's why you see the story here where Peter is saying to the disciples, I'm going to fish. If you look at the map, Jerusalem is way down in the south. They have to go through Samaria and all the way to the north, north to get to the Sea of Galilee. But they were doing right because Jesus told them, go to Galilee and I'm going to be with you there. I got things that I want to talk to you about. So apparently Jesus had appeared to them two times. With what we just read. The first time when uh, Thomas wasn't there and then the next time Thomas was there. And now they were in Galilee and that's where we picked up the story from John chapter 21 verse 1 through 3 where Peter said, I'm going to fish. And the other said, I'm going with you. Guess who will not be left behind? Thomas, I'm going with you. <laughs> Wherever you guys go, I'll be there. I'm not going to miss anything. So it is after Peter, that Thomas, he's going to be with them. Uh, so that's, that's kind of important. But now notice something that they spent all night fishing. Nothing wrong with it. I'm sure they were bored. They were waiting. Jesus wasn't showing up. He, he comes in and out. Uh, don't ask where Jesus was. We can't really think about that. When he was not with them, but he was around, but he chose, he chose to appear at a given time. And these guys are used to being busy. They walked all over the place with Jesus. They were fishermen before they met Jesus. Now they're just sitting around. I got to do something. Peter wanted to fish, and so the rest of them went with him to fish. But this 
night, they caught nothing. The significance of that is, it's not how much you know that brings results. It's not how hard you work. You can do your best. You can even be right where God wants you to be. And nothing was wrong with this because Jesus didn't rebuke them for going to fish. He helped them. You can even be right there where God wants you to be and things may not go well. It's not how hard you try. This is so important. In Romans chapter 9 verse 16, we have to get this down. And uh, as you read this, you start praying to God, I really need to be in there. You know, just having that favor with God. He says in Romans chapter 9 verse 16, So then it is not of him who wills. It's not of him who wills. I'm going to do this. It's my will. I'm going to do this. It's not of him who wills, nor of him who runs. It's not how hard you work. But of God who shows mercy. That's why you can never brag of anything. It's mercy. Whatever comes to you, comes to you because of God's mercy upon your life. It's not how, it's not, you didn't create yourself. You're not, you don't have that desire for God and others don't have the same desire. That's not because of you. It's because of His mercy. That's all. It's God's mercy upon your life. You have found favor in His sight. And He's chosen to reveal Himself to you because of His mercy. That's just the way He is. You can't ask Him why we don't understand it. But it's not of Him who wills. It's not your strong will that's going to get you to do it. <laughs> it's not of Him who runs. It's not how hard you work. Some others have worked even harder and they got nothing. It's of Him God who shows mercy. In Exodus chapter 33, verse 19, God was going to reveal himself to Moses because Moses said, I want to see your face. I just want to see you. And God said to him, I will make all my goodness. I will come reveal myself to you. He said, I will make all my goodness pass before you. How many of his goodness? All of his goodness. All of God's great goodness. I will make them pass before you. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. So he allows his goodness to pass. And God is proclaiming his great name. As he passes by. And then he added. I will be, I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. That's God's goodness. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. You can challenge that. It's not of him who wills. It's not of him who runs. It's of God who shows mercy. And so you, I read this, and I, I want God, I need more, I need more of that compassion. Direct it toward me, please. Amen? I need that compassion. Now, many times for the children of God, when you feel the most that you've lost yourself, Jesus appears to show you you haven't lost him. He's there with you. This morning, this, this was night. It was night, all night they were. But in the morning, Jesus showed up. 
And when Jesus shows up in your life, no matter how dark the situation was, no matter how dark the problem was, no matter how you find yourself in such a corner, there seems to be no way. It seems so dark. When he shows up, your story will change. The story will change. The Bible tells us in John chapter 21, picking it up from verse 4, it says, verse 3, they caught nothing, they did everything all night. It says, but when the morning had come, now come, Jesus stood at the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, children, have you any food? In other words, did you catch any fish? That's what he was asking. They answered him, no. Notice, they didn't know he was the one. They just answered casually, no. Basically, they were thinking, maybe these people, guys who were looking to buy fish, some guy looking to buy fish, and they were asking if they have any fish, and they said, no, we didn't have. And then he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the, uh, of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast, and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Therefore, the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. Now, when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he had removed it and plunged into the sea. But the other disciples came in the little boat, for they were not far from the, from the land, but about 200 cubits, that's about 100 yards, dragging the net with them. Uh, I, I want to go into this here, but not just to help you uh, and me understand what's going on here. They said no, and this stranger told them, why don't you cast your net on the right side of the boat, the boat, and then you'll find some. They didn't ask any question. They just accepted. They didn't know it was. They were desperate. They'll do anything. How many have been there? <laughs> when you're really tired and it's painful, you're ready to do anything. Basically, the guy said, do this and you'll find some. He says, no, maybe you will find some. And so they tried it. And then as soon as they got there, immediately John recognized. And guess who he talked to? He didn't tell the rest of them. He was speaking directly to Peter. Why? Because he knew Peter would be excited to know that Jesus was there. He was there. Jesus went to look for them. Crying may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. There's always going to be morning if you are God's child. No matter how hard, no matter how long the situation is, there's always going to be morning. Jesus is going to show up one day, and your story is going to change no matter what. Once he shows up in the morning, he changes your story. Everything is going to change. So he, uh, John recognized now, it's key that you, you see what's going on here. Jesus said, if any man, he says, John, the disciple whom Jesus loved. Jesus said, if a man loves me, guess what? I will manifest myself to him. The others didn't recognize that. But you know, when Jesus died on the cross, guess who was there with him? John was right there. You remember Jesus said to John, that's your mother, Mary. And Mary, that's your son. 
He replaced himself with John. John was right there. Right there. And so when you love him, your eyes are open. You can recognize him. He manifests himself to you. But after he's shown himself to you, you're not supposed to keep it to yourself. Amen? You're supposed to let others know. You're supposed to share it with everybody else. And so he shared it with Peter, especially he said to Peter, not to the rest of them, hey, that's the master there. Because he knew Peter would be glad. But this was right a few days before this, Peter had denied that he knew Jesus. Basically renounced him. I don't know, I don't know this man. They knew what had happened. John knew. But it's an amazing thing. If at this point, he had been accepted by the rest of them. They recognized he's one of us. John was the one that hung with Jesus to the very end. He was right there. But he didn't see any difference. He still recognized the love that Peter had for his master, even though he denied. And John accepted him. The others were willing to go with him. I wish we were like that in the church today. Can you see where I'm going? Restoration. Restoration. He had been given fully accepted by the rest of them. No blame. Nobody even mentioned what he did. They just accepted him. Amen. And this is deep for me. Because from time to time we do need mercy from God, don't we? We need mercy. But he's willing to give that to us. And, and you can tell, you know, the way Peter, he wasn't thinking. You know, that love was still there. You know, he, he failed. But the love was still there. Very important. Jesus had appeared to them two times before. Right? Never spoke to him. Treated all of them alike. Didn't single him out. How would you feel if you were that person? It's going to be very uncomfortable. Didn't say anything to him. I'm sure Peter was wanting to hear something from from him. Is it still okay? What's going on? Am I still part of this? And but the love was there for his master. And as soon as he heard that was Jesus, he was in. And if you read this story, it's funny. I wonder what he did when he got out of the water. Did he go hug Jesus? What did he do? He probably come out and now begin to realize, I got to deal with something with my master. That was uh, that was divine. You know, God will always provide for us and care for us and minister to our needs. He ministered here to their needs. They were glad to be with him. This was an unusual situation because even though they were right very close to Jesus and it was morning, they still didn't know who he was. They just had to believe that he was Jesus. It's a different time. Jesus appeared the way he wanted. And this time, there was a little darkness around him where they couldn't really see. They had to go by faith. And Paul says, we don't know him in the flesh anymore. 
the only way to know Jesus is by faith. And this time, they were being forced just to use faith to know he's standing there, but they had to believe this was the master based on what he was doing. Let me read this scripture. It says, then as soon as they had come, that's beginning from verse 9, to land, they saw a fire of coals there and fish laid on it and bread. There's nothing that Jesus can do. Amen. I don't know where he got the fires. Do you want to trust? Nobody knows what happened here. I don't think Jesus was making fire. This was his divine power. But he can still do the same today. He's still the same Jesus. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He hasn't changed. I don't know where the fish came from. And I'm sure the disciples were shocked. Well, he already got fish cooked. (laughs) But his hands are not filthy from cooking, okay? The fire was there. It was warm, warm bread right there. There's nothing that God would not do. You know, Jesus went looking for them. They were out there, but he was there looking out for them. And I love the way he called out to the children. Do you have any food? The grown men, but they were children. God, Jesus being the Almighty. These were the Almighty's children. And he called out to them. Children, do you have, did you catch anything? How much he cares for us when things are tough. He truly cares for us. And you'll go to every, any length to make sure our needs are met. Amen? That's what I see here. He'll go to any length. Any length. Now, Jesus and his disciples were being taken care of by people bringing, putting money into their ministry. Well, those people were not there anymore. Recognize? Everything had come down. But they still had needs. And these fish will meet their needs. They caught more than they ever caught before. It was, it was, it was incredible. But now, let's read. It says, Then as soon as they had come to, the, to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid on it, and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish which you have just caught. Simon Peter, again, Peter, it's running, went up and dragged the net to land full of large fish, 153 and although there were so many, the net was not broken. Jesus said to them, come and eat breakfast. He invited them to eat. And um, they went with him. And he says here, yet none of the disciples there asked him, who are you? <laughs> that means they didn't know who they were dealing with physically. They saw him, but they didn't recognize. It was daytime. It was already morning. They didn't ask, who are you? Knowing that it was the Lord. They just knew that. Then Jesus came and took bread and gave it to them. And likewise, the fish. In other words, he fed them. And they, were, they all ate. And I'm sure as they sat down eating, they were possibly making some conversation, talking. And Jesus probably listened, answered their questions. 
And then when you read in John chapter 21, the next verse, verse 15, it says, So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? I see a lot of love, compassion, gentleness. He didn't spoil Peter's meal or breakfast by addressing the matter while they were eating. He waited for Peter to enjoy his meal to deal with this difficult subject. So after breakfast, he started speaking to Peter. And his question was, do you love me more than these? I've often wondered what Jesus meant by these. Because the disciples were sitting right there. And he was asking Peter, do you love me more than these? Now there are three ways you can look, into, look at that question. More than these could be more than fishing. Some people like golfing, you know, to play golf. And Sunday morning as they open their eyes and the sun is out, it's really bright. Instead of thinking about going to church, Satan speaks to them and says, this will be a bright day for you to play golf. And now they're struggling. Whether they should go play golf or go to church, there should be no question as to where to go. So it could be Jesus was saying to him, do you love me more than all these earthly things? I doubt that that was the question. But that's possible. Or, Jesus may have just asked him, do you love me more than you love these your brothers, including your brother Andrew and John and your friends? Do you love me more than them? More than these? That, that's a possibility. The third possibility which I believe was the case, was, do you love me more than the rest of these people? Your love is greater than the rest of them. Your love for me is greater than the love that they have for me. That's what I think the question was. The reason I believe that's what the question was, because when Jesus told Peter, you will deny me, he said, everybody else will deny you, but not me. I'm not going to do that. They can all do that. I, they forsake you, but I'm not going to forsake you. I'll stay with you. So let's deal with the matter now, okay? Do you love me more than these people? That's what you said. How did that turn out? But the key thing is the compassion of Christ. He never talked about what he did. He never did. He never mentioned it once. He never questioned if Peter feared God. Peter feared God or honored God. That wasn't the question. The question was, do you love me more than this? And I like the way Peter answered because he could say, based on what had happened, that he loved them, he loved Jesus more than the rest of them. He couldn't say that. They were all watching and they knew what happened, okay? <laughs> he couldn't say that. But what he said, you know that I love you. That's it. You know 
Because he knows our faith. You know that I love you. I'm not going to brush what I love you more than all this. But he was sure that he loved Jesus. That's a very tall thing. Very hard thing to say. If you're standing right before Jesus and what had happened, you know what you've done. But he knew his heart. And Jesus knew his heart also. Just because you love Jesus, you can make mistakes, but he's willing to restore you. And singling Peter out here in this situation was to bring him back to where Peter didn't just do it in private. He did it before the rest of them so they could know he's still very special to me. Amen? So Peter said, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. It's very critical and very important that those who take care or tend God's lambs love him. Not perfect, but they love him. Amen? He's important. Made a mistake, but he still loved Jesus. And Jesus knew that. That was an outlier. He needed restoration. But Jesus said, first, feed my lamb. Not sheep, but lamb. That's the weak ones in this congregation. They're going to have some. Take care of them. Be very gentle with them. Just as I'm being gentle with you. Take care of them. Feed them. Feed my lamb. Strengthen them. Make sure that they grow so that they can have strength. I'm giving you that responsibility. What is that? Restoration. Amen? I'm bringing you back where you are. Without mentioning the subject, what he had done. He said that Jesus spoke to him again the second time. Simon, son of Jonas. Notice he doesn't call him Peter. He calls him by his real name, Simon the Reef. And that's what he told Peter the first time before Peter denied him. He said, Simon, Simon. Not Peter, Peter. Simon, Simon. Satan seeks to seize you as wheat. And so he calls him by his name, reminding him his origin, but I'm going to bring you up. I'm going to restore you. It's a Simon, son of John. Do you love me? Notice the second time Jesus didn't go back more than this. Can you see that? The first time he said, do you love me? More than this, he said, you know I love you. And Jesus came back with the same question, but this time this was asked. There's no need to go back there. That's how good our master is. That's how gracious God can be with us. As he restores us back to fellowship and love. So much love that God has for his people. When a man has a hundred sheep and one is going astray, he leaves the rest of them. He goes for that one. We should do likewise. We should try to help and restore and help people. And Simon replied, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Basically, 
he puts it back. And Jesus didn't say, you don't. He goes and asks the next question. He says, um, feed my sheep. So we graduate from lambs to sheep. You see, you have to do that as they go. Take care of them. And then he said to him this third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. There's nothing hidden from your eyes. You know everything. And you also know that I love you. And Jesus' reply was, feed my sheep. And that was the end of it. That was the end of it. He was restored after that. And then he started giving him his assignment, how he was going to um, die for his name. Everything has changed. But I like particularly the way Jesus approached this restoration without strong words, no bitter words, just tender words, confronting the matter. I'm sure that the first two times Jesus appeared and Peter was there, he was hoping that Jesus would say something to him. I will, wouldn't you? I hope you talk, say something to me. I know he knew what I did. Why is he not talking to me? He treats me nice, but he's saying nothing to me. I wonder what's going on. Don't think that Peter was his spirit. He was human. Amen. He wondered what was going on. Eight days go by. Maybe two weeks. He's still dealing with the same thing. What's my relationship now? What's my place with him? And here, Jesus dealt with him and brought him back to where he was. All I see is divine love. Amen? True divine love for those that he loves and those that love him. He'll take care of us. He will restore us. He will build build us up. He'll heal us. After this day, Peter was a different man. Very different man. You can read in Acts the way he took his place, talking to the disciples, being the leader, but full of wisdom at this time. If you read in Acts chapter 1, he was a totally different person after this event. Totally restored. He knew what was going to, what was supposed to happen. He knew, basically, Judas, I mean, Judas needs to be replaced. Who told him that? He was a leader now. He was totally restored. Nobody mentioned what happened because Jesus restored him. God is in the business of restoration. He will restore anything. If your finances are being hurt, He can restore it. Maybe you made some mistakes. He knows. But He'll restore it. Maybe in your own personal life you may have. He can restore you. Full. Back. I call it divine restoration. I read this story and all I can see was true love. Now, some um, uh, theologians will tell you about the different words that Jesus used. That Jesus said, you are agape me. And Peter uses filio. (laughs) And then uh, Jesus Actually, the last part, Jesus went back to what Peter was saying. And I don't know how that pans out, but it's still love. And Jesus understood 
what Peter was saying. That if we love him, he will manifest himself to us. And he will show us things to come by his spirit. I would like to, for me, I'd like to learn from this how to restore my brother, how to restore my sister. When they go astray, this is the way to go after them. Amen? That's why the Bible says, be careful when somebody is done wrong, when you're going to restore, be very careful the way you go at it, lest you fall into temptation yourself. Have you read that in Scripture? What we need is divine love for restoration. Amen? Did I talk to you all tonight? Got it? Sit down. Let's stand up. You know, God is love. He loves us dearly. He'll take care of us constantly. Never leave us alone. I'm sure Jesus was watching every move, everything that they were saying. Their anxieties, their fears, their hope for the future or lack of it. But he brought everything together. Now we have this beautiful story written in Acts of the Apostles for us. It's like flaky men all of a sudden became giants. That's what I want for my life and for your life. Amen. Let's lift our hands up to the Lord tonight. Father, we thank you for your great love for us. We thank you for divine mercy. We thank you for strength from heaven. Lord, we thank you for, the, for your Holy Spirit that is in us, that teaches us things, even the deep things of God. Because there are things, Lord God, that you have prepared for us, for those who love you. Reveal those things to us through your love and through your compassion. In Jesus' name, and God's people said, Amen. God bless you.